super excited because I am recording in person with a very magical human that you may know on Instagram as that so Pisces, Taylor Ursula. Hello. 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 I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you are here too. Um, Apologies in advance for the booming system in the background. There's like a block, I don't know, it's like multiple miles long party happening in our neighborhood because yes, we live near each other. And that's part of why we were able to do this in person, which is exciting. And you might hear Lord scurrying around because she's excited that Taylor is here as well. And um, yeah, but I'm, I'm super pumped to have you on here for a number of reasons. One, I just really, really value and respect your work and your offering so much. And I just wanted to like preface that with like preface our talk with that really in deep appreciation for... Um, your, what you offer. I mean, how I first came to know you was, um, I, I was so like searching frantically for someone who did past life regression because I always, I used to do past life regression, like as appointments and things like for people one-on-ones and in, you know, classrooms or whatever, like settings, group settings, but I could never find anyone that could host space for me to do it. And Um, And I remember, I can't remember if I found you on Instagram or if someone referred me to you, but I just remember I did a past life regression in one of your group sessions and I had another friend come and join and it was really, really like profound in the way that like it, it yes, Lord, sorry. Um, (laughs) it, It helped me really understand a couple of key points that I actually wasn't even looking for. So thank you for that. And then also, we're going to talk about this too. You are the creator of the Portals Tarot, which is a deck that I actually love, love, love working with. It's so beautiful. And um, But yeah, I'm, I'm so excited you're here. You do a number of things. Um, but we get together periodically and we go for walks or we connect. And I'm just so grateful too because, you know living here has not been the easiest for me and I'm vocal about it and people get mad about it. Um, and, but it's nice to be able to express myself without someone trying to love and light it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And we had this running joke that we wanted to record a podcast where it was Mm -hmm. like, people can suck it. And sorry if I'm like putting that out there, but I thought it was so funny. And then but we've had all these like revelations with these eclipses and Taylor's well versed with astrology um, and professional at it. I am not, I just talk a lot of shit. But, and we got to the point where we have like hashed out so many realizations with these eclipses in the Mercury retrograde that last minute we were like, maybe this episode should be like, I'm not mad anymore. Um, so yeah, how are you feeling? <laughs> Post all of this. I've just been holding back so much laughter <laughs> in this intro. Um, first, I just want to acknowledge um, the kind words that you just said about me. I got full body chills, so Aww. I just really appreciate that feedback. And I remember that um, past life regression, and it was so cool to have you there. So it has been really great to to see our friendship blossom in Yay. these ways. And to, yeah, end up in Long Beach at the same time, magically. And right. 
um, yeah, and have each other in this weird in this weird space. So <laughs> <sighs> these eclipses, yes, absolutely. Um, I have really appreciated the revelations that we've had in these eclipses. We did start off acknowledging a lot of frustration and I don't mind that you shared that we started off calling this people can suck it because that's quite real and um and it and it has evolved into into new feelings and it's been very cool to you know when we talk about anger just as a as a people it's a really touchy subject Mm -hmm. and a lot of us haven't had spaces to talk about our anger and we haven't had people to listen to us talk about our anger and our anger has you know kind of had to bubble within us in various ways and so not only was it interesting to see anger be brought to the surface by the eclipses in such a potent way but it was also I think really critical to have someone with a similar experience and a similar relationship to their anger to be able to connect with about these themes because again you know anger is something that can disconnect us or that people don't want to respond to or don't want to take responsibility for or don't want to hear etc etc there are so many complex feelings with anger and acknowledging anger and so it has been very cathartic and meaningful to get to share this this strange process with you of, (laughs) of acknowledging anger of ranting about anger of deciding about where anger is appropriate Mm. and then ultimately deciding oh I have choices with my anger and I'm able to decide how I respond yeah and you offered tips like on your Instagram like ways of approaching it right like which was I think you know that's the best thing we can do as like the nature of our work is like use our experience to help guide others in like, and it literally is because we are going through it too. Not because we're bodhisattvas. It's like, no, I'm actually like human and I'm flawed and I'm omnipresent and I have access to, and not always the ability to articulate, but if I have the ability to articulate how I've moved through something and I can share that with someone else, it's really helpful. And I think you do that a lot with your offerings and your platform, whether it be classes or your, you know, you know, Instagram videos or um, things like that. But then you also are like, you know, and I'm human. And it's, um, I think growing up for me, like anger was definitely the through line, um, particularly like growing up when like there's such a distinct difference between my mom's house and versus my like grandmother's house where like there is a lot of anger and a lot of violence and you know as an adult like you unless you stay in those environments like you can't keep bringing that out into the world and um being like there are a lot you said people that don't respond well to your anger or like not taking it um and activating their own fear and you know but it can be used as a powerful catalyst to not just get like things done but like to heal those wounded parts of yourself Hmm. and um so yeah and it's like I'm I'm at the point now where I was saying like oh I messaged you because I was like you know what I'm not mad anymore and it's not that I won't ever be mad um but I think about certain things that have been like keeping me in a loop chasing my own tail um like I got to a point where I just like have left them 
like put them down and it's not that I've forgotten or even forgiven but I saw this dolly quote <laughs> that was like um oh gosh what was it like um I posted it on my Instagram so like real time I just need to like check just so I make sure I'm quoting it correctly oh yeah it's like we don't walk away to teach people a lesson we walk away because we finally learned ours and I was like oh there it is like I'm not walking away because I'm angry anymore I'm not walking away to punish um these people like for my feelings I'm walking away because I've learned this story and this narrative and I've learned and I'm 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 ready for new experiences now so yeah that quote just like blew my mind and it like kind of perfectly end capped like all the things I had been feeling but could not articulate and um yeah so when you think about like transmuting or transforming like this feeling of anger I guess in more recent times not for everything and all the things right but like what have you found to be the most valuable part of it well I loved that you posted that quote because that's been something that you and I have talked about in our in our anger conversations um I'll share that in my natal chart I have Mars opposite Pluto and so and it's Mars in its detriment as well it's Mars in Taurus so Mm. it's not a Mars that is strong and well I shouldn't say that it's a very strong Mars (laughs) (laughs) it's an extremely strong Mars um but it has had to learn a lot of that strength um it does not it has not come naturally and so walking away I know is something that I've spoken to you about about in terms of how I've kind of found resolution to conflicts and it has been a long theme of deciding that I need to go my own way even if it means separating from the entity at which I am holding all of these feelings right and recognizing that I may not win the argument that's that's been a big theme. I rarely win an argument <laughs> um, in the classical sense. And so it has been um, learning to, to walk away and to come back to myself, ultimately. That has been where I've developed strength. Mm. I think a lot of the anger has been in desiring validation, in desiring acknowledgement of circumstances that are unfolding, and I think the agency has been in, okay, whatever I'm a part of right now isn't going to support me and I'm going to have to walk away and figure out how to support myself. Mm, that's so good. And I think some of the anger, you know, as a younger person is, I don't have these tools. How am I supposed to do this? And so at this stage in my life, it's been recognizing where I do have tools or where I can access tools, developing resources within myself that I'm not going to find outside of myself, Hmm. that no one's going to bring me or give me or share with me. And that part of walking away can feel isolating, but anger is also an isolating 
feeling. <laughs> it's, it's not a connecting vibe. No. I mean, it, it's only connecting, I think, in like sports and maybe certain types of activism, you know, and, you know, people, I think, trauma bond all the time through mutually shared anger for particular things. And I think, but then it leaves you burnt, getting burned particularly. And I, I've definitely, look, I learned, it takes me a long time sometimes to learn things. You know, and I've definitely, out of anger, cut people off or been like, you're dead to me, um, like a lot in my life. But that, it's not an excuse for it. I just think I didn't have those tools, like you were mentioning, and I didn't know how to function or operate. And then I would feel even more immense anger when people would not, um, like, validate my feelings or, and that would only make me more angry. (laughs) And, you know... I spent a lot of years really angry in my 20s and into my 30s as well, but, like, justifying it. Um, And I think now in my 40s, dare I say, I'm, like, learning how to look at it as a compass versus, um, you know, a, a hindrance and being like, no, this is showing you where to go, basically, instead of thinking of it as a punishment. And that's been a real big theme lately. And that pisses people off, too, when you are perhaps the person, you know, I've cut people off, I haven't handled things maturely, and then, you know, you start to have these realizations, and, you know, and they're like, wait, but how dare you, you know, and and they try to bait you into being your old self, because that's a narrative and a person that they've been comfortable with, um, So, yeah, it's been an interesting eclipse season for sure. I also have, like, currently, um, I well, I have a terrible, I call it a terrible Mars placement. I have, um, my Mars is zero degrees Pisces. Like, how stupid is that? Like, it is awful. And then my sun is 29 degrees Pisces. So it's like, what the heck is this? And then all this Aries. So it's like, okay, you're going to fight and then cry about it? Like, it's so annoying. (laughs) But, um, you know, I digress. I, uh, Mars moving into cancer where it has been for the last six weeks or whatever, like during this process as I'm recovering from a hysterectomy has been quite, um, telling, but also clearly irritating for me personally. Um, and brought up so much cantankerous, angry energy for me that like, and then not being able to do anything about it. Like, I couldn't work out. Like, I couldn't do things that are socially acceptable for dealing with my anger. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm constantly wondering, like, what do you do if you can't... Like, how do you process anger? Or maybe what's something that you would recommend to people, like, if they can't process anger in a traditional way or a way that's socially acceptable, what would you recommend? <laughs> my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a great question. I love that you brought up, you know, our 20s and <laughs> just thinking about, you know, we've certainly acknowledged, um, yeah, the early stages being a time where I need access to my voice and so all I all I want to do is declare my anger. Yes. I, all, my goal is to express this to you and to have you hear this. <laughs> and it turns out you're not going to respond the way that I want anyway, but the point is for me to be expressing this. And out of our 20s now being in a place where there's more to that and it's not 
just, it's no longer fulfilling to just be expelling this anger or expressing this anger and having it be heard, even if it's not acknowledged, but just knowing that it's landing where it's supposed to go. There's been a call for something else. There's been a realization that I have developed this voice, I have this as a tool now, and yet I'm learning that it's not always appropriate. Mm. It's not always... It's not always cathartic for me to just be dumping this out now. (laughs) There's something else that's calling, and so I think you and I have been talking a bit about... Yeah, we've been talking about what those other options are, and that's where I've been going to places like Instagram to to share what's coming up, not even naming the specific source of the anger, but simply acknowledging it. And that was a very scary beginning for me. Mm. Um, But I knew that, again, that that feeling of isolation that anger can bring was something that really ended up just hurting me in the end. You know, that anger not having anywhere to go, just kind of recycling within your body and becoming the main focus and so I think it's so important to simply get into a practice of acknowledging our anger Mm. for ourselves even if and especially if we know that there's no one to share it with or there's no one to hear it and receive it because our anger comes in waves and cycles and it's never going to be a linear process of expressing it and having it be reconciled and so Mm-hmm. Going onto Instagram, sharing, sharing those experiences of anger in real time, allowed me to connect with other people who are experiencing the same sort of crisis feeling of <laughs> there's no outlet for this, and I have seen a lot of people respond with just overwhelming gratitude in terms of thank you for creating a space to talk about this, and I think that that's where we start. I think finding ways to connect about a feeling that tends to disconnect us Mm. is a way to begin recognizing that anger doesn't destroy everything. Anger doesn't burn all the bridges. And yes, we walk away and we cut people out. And those are certainly some routes that may be (laughs) um, demolished at this point. But there is a recognition once we start acknowledging our anger that it can be normal to have anger yes and that anger can coexist with other feelings and that anger doesn't have to take center stage just because it's happening and I think as we experience more normalcy with our own feelings and the more we practice acknowledging them and allowing them to sit at the table with the rest of what we're experiencing it it takes the edge off a bit I think And it doesn't necessarily solve the source of the anger, (laughs) because I don't know what does, really. Like, There are so many things to be angry about, and so many things that are not going to get solved, and so many things that are not being solved on purpose in our world. Mm. And so the anger is absolutely meant to be part of our environment. So it is, you know, I think there's an element of being a bigger person, and that requires taking on responsibility and accountability for ourselves, where others have failed or otherwise can't. Yeah. And I I think also just to address, like, there seems to be in our society or culture or whatever, that like urgency, especially 
like to know exactly why you're mad or why you're angry or why you're feeling what you're feeling. And you know what? Sometimes I just want to remind people that you don't have to know why. Like you can give yourself permission to go, you know, I am angry and I don't, I don't exactly know why, but I'm sure I'll come to the root of it at some point because there is such a like weird, um, fixer vibe to the healing community where it's like, like you're on some tactical mission to like attack it and figure it out and like extract, extract yourself from the situation and figure it out. And then boom, you've passed another level. Like it's super fucking Mario brothers and you've collected a star and you're ready, you know, and you just can't, um, you know, and that's just not fair to anyone, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's so important because part of that twenties phase of I'm going to express all of my anger (laughs) feels very like Lilith. I'm just going to rage. Um, it, you can ask why again and again. Mm. And even if you find the why it still doesn't alleviate the feeling. Mm. It doesn't undo what was done to create the anger in the first place. And so it, it can be cathartic to search for that why, but it can also turn into kind of an endless search because we'll find that there's, there are endless things to be mad about. (laughs) Well, and you're going to trigger anger in other people too, like whether you're tiptoeing around them or not. So like, I think that's the only thing growing up around angry people. Like it doesn't matter how kind you are to them. Like they're just going to be mad. So, you know, I'm not saying like to just accept it, but like also don't like, just know that you could be breathing and they would be mad at you. Um, And also like, you know, kind of moving into this idea of like, I don't know, like I had mentioned, like growing up around angry, like an angry mother and in a very hostile environment, which it felt like, you know, I was being bullied. I mean, I was um, from birth pretty much. And at the same time, like other people's anger about my existence, you know, having nothing to do with me. But when you're a child, like you don't know that that's what you don't know that it's not about you. Um, you think it, you take that responsibility so to heart, like that you are the source of this pain and anger and frustration. And no matter what you did, even if you're being kind, even if you're being submissive, even if you're being loving, um, it's not going to change the other person. So I don't know. It's, it's been a very like strange narrative and road to like have to grow up in anger and then go out into the world and not be so fueled or in fear of it that you become it and um yeah I don't know I just I'm (laughs) I'm I'm grateful for like finding like more soothing environments for myself even though I kept like attracting people who were really similar and to that environment I grew up in and now in the last like you know even the last like year or so I've really just um departed from a lot of relationships I don't want to say that they like just ended but some of them ended more dramatically than others but it felt more like um departing from a type of existing um and a type of dynamic and I also realized that like I had to get really clear and honest with myself that, and not feel ashamed that I feel like I know I have a purpose in this world. Um, I know I have a purpose that has to do with something like creating intentionally and in a big way, and I'm supposed to be known for it. And I don't always know for what, but like it's an underlying feeling I can't shake. And I've felt that since I was little. 
but I have so much like fear of being seen as egotistical or maniacal because of growing up with this angry person who was triggered by everything um, that sometimes it's hard for me to own this part of myself that feels like or, or I go to this like who are you to think you're so important self-importance it's like there's like this smashing like I don't need another person to smash my ego I'm gonna do it here now and so anyway anger also can push me to do things in a good way where it's like actually you're pissed you can do this like like it can be the motivator but also it can be the same motivator that like destroys my self-esteem so yeah these are just things that the eclipse brought up <laughs> casual super casual casual stuff. yes super casual material <laughs> absolutely and what you were while, while you were sharing it really made it clear to me how much anger is connected to our drive and when we grow up suppressing our anger we lose touch with what our natural motivation is because anger is, you're right anger is something that catalyzes us to act and to accomplish and it does inform anger is information it's not yes. it's not you know the end all be all but it is information just like our other instincts and so you know, you're describing growing up in an angry household, and I also grew up in an angry household, and I was told that there was no anger in the house. <laughs> oh, like and completely gaslighting Completely <laughs> gaslighting the anger, and, you know, I can't help but think about how anger is not necessarily, well, I shouldn't say not necessarily, is not, like, a femme emotion. <laughs> like, it's not allowed. <laughs> like, women and femmes shouldn't be angry. Mm. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to well, be... Well, don't you think if that realization is because it would be, like, you will get killed? Absolutely. Like, right? Absolutely. Like, mm. And so I think about this narrative of there's no anger here being an act of self-preservation. Absolutely. But at the time, it was deeply, deeply confusing. And you're right, it was gaslighting because absolutely everyone was angry all the time <laughs> yeah and so I think there's absolutely you know our anger becomes conflated with this sense of guilt and we just think that all anger is bad but then we also recognize that we are angry and so we become confused about what we're supposed to do with that and where it's supposed to go and it has taken such a long time to recognize that anger can be useful and that anger can be, again, information. And yeah. that anger can be connected to the feeling of, I am supposed to be doing something here. I am absolutely supposed to be contributing something important. I am supposed to be part of community. I am supposed to be a leader in some sense, in some way, because we all have leadership capacity. Yes. And so I feel like anger can really as you said, can really show us where we might be suppressing some of those instincts, suppressing some of that natural talent because we're waiting. Mm. We're waiting for the permission to initiate. We're waiting for, we're waiting to be told how our expression should look or what it should, you know, how it should feel, what's going to make it palatable. And I think it's such a journey to separate those yeah. energies and to realize that like anger is here and purpose is here and they do overlap in yes. some capacity um and so I need I need to be connected to my anger in order to understand what my compass is pointing me toward 
Absolutely. And when there's confusion there, I think we really, we deny ourselves um, all of those instinctual opportunities Mm -hmm. to, to put ourselves out there to take, to take on responsibility for things, to try new things. It's all, I think, wrapped up in that really early stage of acknowledging that (laughs) anger is power. Right. Totally. And then it's like using it to not weaponize it. You know, it's like, that's a whole other thing. It's like, I don't know. I just think of like certain like martial arts skills or like even like I used to do, um, like I don't talk about this much, but I used to do kendo when I first moved to California. And it's like such a skill. Kendo, if you don't know, it's a Japanese sword fighting, but like with a wooden bamboo sword. And like you have the hakama, which are the pants that make you like, you literally like, you look like it's the way you move on the floor. It looks like you're floating, but it's really just the steps you're taking. Um, and yes, there can be anger, but there's also grace and precision and choreography and skill that is acquired when you learn to move with it you know that you can use your power in a different way and same thing too and I play taiko as well which is drumming another type of Japanese drumming but um, another thing that uses great power and yes you can play drums angry I did that in my middle school years like junior high but or you could play your power like beautifully and and it's like exhaling and channeling that into something else so which you know it there's been so many things growing up that I was like felt resentful or angry about that were withheld from me you know including and we've talked about this kind of stuff a lot too about like being like I don't know I always said like I'm mixed race or multiracial but like um, being in the liminal space and seeing everything and witnessing it, but like people aren't seeing you or like, holy crap, I've been so mad about that. Um, and even to this day, you think you get over it, but you know, surprise and not a shocker, like still people will push certain buttons or within me. And, you know, when you're walking in the liminal and, you know, there are so many different ways people perceive you or interpret you. And something that has been coming to the forefront is, and that I'm trying to remind myself that it's not personal, but their actual response is based on like what they think like they would do and that it's not me like per se, um, like what I'm actually doing. And it's not about me just existing and being like, not what they thought they could put me in a, but we were talking about this even on walking earlier, like, you know, they can't, they're so uncomfortable because they cannot put me in a particular box. And um, I've had so much stuff come up around that. I mean, my whole life I've always been othered, but like not enough. And I feel like even everything in my life is like a liminal space. And like, I do feel extremely grateful for it um, because I do, I, I feel like I can see things that other people miss and I can have an appreciation for it. But also, um, it can be really fucking isolating unless you meet other people who are in that space as well. And um, so that's something I feel like we've also connected on. Absolutely. Gotta and, love. Yeah. Cue the vacuum or whatever that is. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and it's. Oh, oh. it's. <laughs> It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being, being in that liminal space. Absolutely. We've had some very rich conversations about 
the projections that people can cast upon us as we kind of exist between realms. Mm -hmm. Um, And there being many reasons for that, as you stated, like being multiracial, um, being neurodivergent, being various... (laughs) um, Embodying states that differ from the status quo. Yes. And... um, yeah, it is really, you know, there's anger there too. <laughs> there, there has been a number, there have been rather a number of responses to to that phenomenon. And um, I shared a bit with you about how when I was younger, it was sort of a curiosity. It was very interesting to have people just sort of tell me what they thought I was. Um, and it was usually pretty innocent, but I, I would kind of go along with it. But it's, there's a larger phenomenon, especially when we remember the theme of anger, where like, people will project anger onto you Mm -hmm. for things that they think you are doing Yes, that you are not actually doing. People will project onto you when you demonstrate anger and they will project onto you that it couldn't possibly be their fault or that you started it. There's so many different forms of having people's interpretations of you placed upon you when you exist as something that confounds people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different, you know, again, like stages to kind of go through that. And at a certain point, you just realize that there's nothing you can do about it Mm. in the same way that you can't, you know, in the same way that the Dolly quote tells us that we can't teach people anything. (laughs) I I can't teach you a lesson. Um, I have to walk away and and do me. Um, Ultimately, there's a need to kind of reach this place of I can't control what you're going to put on to me. And so I can express myself. I can share what it is that I have to share. And how you take it is on you. Yeah. There's so many assumptions that people make. And I'm not like on so many levels and about so many things, you know, and, and, you know, like there's the clearly physical things, assumptions that people make, um, about a person based on who they are, but even like, like by whether it's what their phenotype is, or even like, you know, if you have a check mark or not next to your name, people assume certain things that aren't true and it's just their reality that they've created. So it's been an interesting thing to kind of come to terms with, like, you know, existing in the liminal and even, like, everything being so, um, I don't even know, fluid in this world, but it, it's it's quite a time. And I really want to, I want to touch on your deck, um, like, you're the portals deck for you, because I... I'm a creator of decks and things like that, and I know how hard it can be, like, to self-publish, right? But also how rewarding it feels to birth something of this nature. And I just, I personally love the deck. I have it on my desk right now. I work with it often, and I'll go through phases of, like, I don't connect to every deck, you know? I don't think anybody also, like, FYI, you're not going to connect to every deck that's out there, and there is nothing wrong with that. Um, But I love this deck. I love working with it. It's so um, clarifying. And there we go. There's a agreement from the universe <laughs> truck. So I, I, I'm sure you've probably been asked a lot about it before, but like, is it, was there a particular, what like kind of sparked your interest in creating, creating one? 
It's really funny. Um, I'm not tired of being asked. Um, Um, I, you know, my relationship to tarot is very old. It is the first tool that I worked with, esoterically speaking. Um, My mom had a copy of the Aquarian tarot when I was growing up. And it, I realized later, was a big source of, like, dissonance in my family history. We were talking a little bit earlier about family history, and I visited New Orleans a few Mm. years ago, um, which is where my, my family was rooted after the slave ships back to the Americas. And so, um, and it's a place that my family doesn't go, that we don't talk about it. Like growing up, we did not talk about the South. It was just a lot. It was very clearly a traumatizing subject. Um, so I, I want to say that part of the deck coming to life was connected to that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, just going to the South for myself and really getting to experience my connection to that place and feeling like the ancestral magic, it just, it really ignited something for me. And at the same time, um, as long as I have been someone who reads tarot, I have really struggled to call myself an artist and, this is not my first uh, act of self-publishing. I used to publish a, like a feminist memoir magazine. Yes. <laughs> and um, at the time, I, I was the editor-in-chief, and I still wouldn't call myself an artist. Mm. I was managing other people's artwork, and that's what I thought I was sort of allowed to do. Um, so I studied hypnosis at the end of 2019. Is that time? Mm-hmm. Yes. That is time. And um, (laughs) at the time, Jupiter was in Sagittarius, moving through my 12th house and just sort of activating all of these subconscious themes for me. And I think the hypnosis process really activated a flood of artwork that was just ready to come out. And I had, I I was kind of like, I can't make a deck. I'm not an artist. (laughs) I don't know what that, I don't know what you're talking about. But it just it kept persisting, and I, I found um, I found one of those apps like Canva, one of those, mm-hmm. you know, and just started playing around with digital collage. And I had been doing that for my Instagram posts anyway, and I started realizing that my posts looked very much like tarot symbolism. And yeah. so I started to realize that it was just building itself mm. without me even deciding to. And I reached a point where I had to decide like okay this it's already happening Mm -hmm. and you can get really self-conscious about it and you can be super weird about it and you can deny that it's happening but I think you'd really be robbing yourself (laughs) of an experience because it's coming to you and so I just decided to not be fearful with it and I was like I'm just gonna let it happen and it it just unfolded on its own and I, it went through various stages, you know, doing digital collage, certainly, you know, you, you have to license things, you have to, you know, so there were moments where I felt like I, I started this thing and now I can't finish it, um, you know, all of those fearful moments, but I, it just, it, it finished itself and I thought, this is mm-hmm. it, you, I think you have to take a chance on this yeah, or else... <laughs> you're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a really beautiful like 12th house space process where I just sort of learned to trust that my process was enough, mm-hmm. even if it didn't look necessarily like what I thought it was supposed to look like or what I thought other people were doing. Um, 
just realizing that I had inspiration for these images and I really wanted to that's kind of how my imagination works is like everything's a scene and I just felt like I I want to portray a scene yeah for each card that every everyone can fall into yeah in some way literally a portal absolutely right. yeah <laughs> like I want to pull you into this moment the way that I get pulled into moments mm. and I think that's definitely some of that translating the liminal space I'm gonna bring some of this down to you yeah like I'm gonna show you what this feels like in my imagination um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really fun process to see that come to life and to invest in it and to yeah, that's be all. so scared. Investing is huge, right? Ooh. It's like, then you go, oh shit, like I gotta do this now. I gotta like print the money. I gotta, you know, you know, do the distribution and all that. I want to ask you this though, like, can you call yourself an artist now? Can you claim that for yourself proudly? Or do you still find a little bit of, um, discomfort in saying that? There's a there's still a slight twinge of discomfort, mm. but I have I have really been forced to acknowledge that it was my definition of being an artist yeah. that needed to change, and that I'm absolutely an artist. And you know, I look at like my, my natal chart, and I'm like, you're obviously an artist. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, what else do you think you are? Um, but I think you know that's some of that journey of the anger and recognizing mm-hmm. that like creative instincts can emerge through moments of anger and I think for a while I was doubting you know a a connection to it or or denying myself the opportunity to connect with that because I didn't really know what it would open up right right but it's important to to kind of go through that process and to still to sit with the discomfort like it's still Mm -hmm. you're as you said like I still I still am like I'm an artist (laughs) you know like I'm not I don't feel like an artist I feel like I'm an artist yeah um and that will I recognize that that's part of my life's journey is to Mm -hmm. become more comfortable with with that Mm -hmm. with that label and with owning that because as much as everything is informed by a sense of anger I love that you used the word grace because that was the word that was coming to my mind as well earlier um to really refine all of that process into a sense of grace and Mm -hmm. to recognize like yes I can touch this and turn it into something magical totally martial arts is that exact kind of in some ways you know absolutely absolutely wow I am so grateful for uh your time sharing your time with us today and for your friendship and I want to thank you so much for um coming and hanging out (laughs) and um just talking about all this stuff because it's so you know it's it's so valid and it's so important for people to understand that like you can be angry and like connected you can be like creative and unsure you know like you don't it's Things are um, not um, definitive by, you know, one set of rules or standard. You can be happy and still frustrated. You know, it's all these things. But um, how can, um, you know, is there anything coming up for you that you want to share that you have any offerings or how can people find you? Yes. Um, so I am That's So Pisces on Instagram and Twitter. That's also my website, That's So Pisces.com. Um, I am, well, I'm currently working on a secret 
on a secret offering. So I will be sharing more about that <laughs> later in the summer. Cool. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. And Portals is available on my website. Yay! And I think that's I think that's about it. I will leave links to yeah. everything too in the show notes. So if you wanna if you wanna check out any of these offerings, stay in touch and stay stay posted with your exciting new offerings that are incoming and i want to thank you all for listening and congratulations on surviving eclipse season hallelujah we did it yes all right have a beautiful rest of your day whenever you are listening to this and blessed be